1: Hello again. Welcome back.
0: Um, We are going to talk about public inquiries today, (laughs) which is a slightly odd subject for us to choose. There have been a couple of um, ones in Britain and America over the last few weeks that made us think this might be an interesting sort of minor point of comparison between the the two nations. So we've had the Chilcot Inquiry in Britain, which uh, reported a few weeks ago now about um, the way Britain conducted itself in Iraq and the way the war was decided upon. Um, and in America there was an inquiry into Hillary Clinton's use of emails, right?
1: Well, that yes, the FBI yeah. um, w- was deciding whether or not to go forward um, mm. with the with a court case about Hillary Clinton's use of her own private email mm. server, mm. Um, as opposed to the government's encryp- presumably encrypted, um, protected yes. email server, um, we yeah I mean it's it's kind of an odd yeah set of topics, but mm. it's been in the news and yes. it's as an American I find Chocot to be one of those. Um, kind of sweet hmm. and yet confusing British things.
0: I, I mean, that's a good good place to start. What what is it about the British approach to public inquiries that confuses you?
1: Um. Well, they're they're always done by a lord. Yes. Right. There's always some Usually, peer. Yeah. Yes. Or
0: or at least a, a knight. Yes. Sir. Yeah. Yes.
1: It's a sir or whoever, and um. They take a long time. Yes. They cost a lot of money. Yes. Often they change hands yes. at some point because yes. the Lord or the Sir in charge has, you know, become the subject of another simultaneous inquiry. Or
0: died because they're yes. often quite old. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, they are many, many pages long. Um, and they are quite meticulous and thorough. And they're shrouded in secrecy until the time at which they're made public. Chilcot, you know, faced a number of setbacks, and um, was you know its release date was pushed back many, many times. And um, each time there was some you know conspiracy on the mm. right and mm. conspiracy on the left okay. as to why
0: yeah.
1: the the publication of the Chilcot report was being delayed. And um, there is an air of Britishness. Yes. Mm. About them. Yes. Um, And I think it is best satirized by the last season of The Thick of It. Um, Tom always makes fun of me because when Leveson, Mm. the Leveson Inquiry, which was um, the British inquiry into um, the media and the relationship between the media and the government, and the media's use of illegal. And extrajudicial forms of information gathering, um, phone hacking. Yeah, the, mm. yeah, essentially. So, yes. Phone hacking and listening um, to people's messages and weird stuff. Mm. Um, uh, it was it was all in the news. It was in the news all the yes. time. Yes. It was the news inquiring about itself, yes. mm. reporting on its own inquiring about itself. Mm. Um, the government discussing about its. You know the various politicians' relationship to the news being reported on by mm. the news. Mm. It was it was just very much. It, it felt very much about the, the British establishment eating itself, yeah. um, in a sense. And of course, Levison produced a report which said the media needed to be um,
0: regulated. Regulated.
1: Mm. Um, the media didn't like that, so the government said it could be regulated by itself. Yes. Um, and the thick of it satirizes this beautifully, yeah. um, you know, by eventually saying, "If anything changes, the whole system would would collapse." Yeah. Really. Yes. Um, so the inquiry was done. Yeah. The, the issues were looked into. You know, to use Donald yeah. Trump's <laughs> phrase, yes. "We're looking into that." Yes. Um, and then things were. Left to carry on as normal, yeah. um, and that to me is just so
0: British. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's a performance, isn't it? It's a performance of nationhood. It's a performance of public processes. That I mean, yes, Minister. The the sitcom in the in the nineteen seventies and eighties uh, did a, had a fantastic line about the point of an inquiry is is that it allows the prime minister of the day to stand up and say we've looked into it. Um, and uh, not, no evidence has been found. The point of an inquiry is never to find evidence. It's to, it's the precise opposite. Um, I I I don't think either of us are in a place position to be able to say if that is an active explicit instruction that is handed out to whoever's put in charge of an inquiry. But as you say, there are very few examples one could look at about an inquiry actually achieving any specific material changes. Um, it is, it is a a national sort of hand washing exercise that allows you to, allows the nation to feel better about itself and move on thinking it has addressed those problems.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I also feel like too, there's a sort of it might just be a scale thing. Mm. The British population is very small mm. um, compared to the United States, and the, the geographical region that we're talking about is very tiny mm. compared to the United mm. States. And um, there are certainly geographical and regional differences, but not to the same extent yeah. as the United States. And inquiries allow, you know, what what David Cameron always calls the Great British public, whatever that is, mm. to come to a consensus. Yes. About some issue that has yeah. that has um, challenged the great British public's yeah. idea of itself and and yeah. where it stands on an yeah. issue morally and ethically yeah. and the the pomp and circumstance is mobilized yes. for the purpose of providing the country with a single narrative that we can all use. Yes. We can all wheel out and say yes. this, is, right? This is what happened. Yes. These are the things that were done about it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting
0: how um, you mentioned this in a in a previous episode about um, about state violence and the way in which the police police violence. There seems to be a dynamic in terms of talking about police violence, but uh, in terms of talking about individual violence on the one hand and systemic violence on the other, and Certainly in, in, in response to Chilcot, there have been a number of conversations that I've, I've had with people where there seems to be a diff- differing positions about whether or not the, it would be better for the inquiry to identify individual members of the government, You know, Tony Blair as an obvious example, and, and put the blame on that individual. For incompetence or dishonesty or corruption or whatever, or whether it should suggest systemic, infrastructural um, remedies to make sure that you know quote something like this that never happens again. And it sometimes seems to me that the individual and collective gets played off against each other. Uh, so, and and the point of that playing off, is that no change happens either way. So when you talk about individual culpability, the response is well, it's no point narrowly identifying individuals, it's it's better to talk about systems um, and how we can change the systems and if you talk about changing the systems, they're like well no, it's not the system's fault, it was the, this one individual who caused the problem and these two approaches seem to be so easily uh, co-opted to ensure status quo.
1: Yes, I mean we talk about this in many contexts, the yeah. difficulty of dealing with the multiple scales, yes. um, the yeah. individual and the institution yes. and, and everything in between and yeah. and um, the complexities there. It's interesting I mean, the, the around Tony Blair specifically, who, um, for those of you who are too young to remember or um, don't know, the former prime minister of, Great Britain, um, who was responsible for um, maintaining the military alliance with the Bush administration when the United States entered into a war in Iraq in 2003, the idea being to depose Saddam Hussein and install democracy. I think was well, it,
0: it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't said. That, that wasn't made explicit at the time. I don't think regime change was not yeah. was was sort of happened. If
1: if if things go according to plan, yes, we will discuss regime change yes. at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, there, and you know, Tony Blair maintained his alliance with the United States. France famously mm. um, did not provide troops and assistance and mm. money. Yeah for the invasion in 2003, um, as you know, despite there being a, um, France being a, a key member of NATO, um, and obviously on the UN security council. Um, I'm always struck with, with Chilcot. my initial reaction, which is, you know, admittedly a trait and uncritical one is that it gives Britain too much credit. Yeah. Really that, that, it gives Britain generally more power yeah. than Britain deserves now yeah. on the world stage. Yes. That that this was this was you know, perpetrated by the Bush administration. Um and we've been over this. You know, books have been written. The the liberal political science consensus here is that you know there was the invasion was constructed by a number of war hawks in the Bush administration, Paul Wolfowitz and Dick Cheney and um, Donald Rumsfeld. And they put their plan into motion after 9-11. And, um, you know, an invasion was kind of created and reasons were invented and um, disseminated. And and Tony Blair followed, came along for the ride because he was caught between a rock and a hard place, really chose the special relationship over NATO and Europe. And, and that's what happened. Mm. And terribly British troops were sent mm. alongside American troops. You know, I believe none of whom should ever have gone. Mm. You know, the, And um, for me, it's sort of, there's a, almost a kind of a desire on the part of, of the great British public, whatever that is, um, and the British government, to add some kind of British importance to the whole thing. Um, that Britain is was key to the to the whole thing, yeah. um, which in a sense it you know was, but it kind of it feeds into a British imagining of it of, of Great yeah. Britain, yes, um, that gets used for nefarious conservative so agendas.
0: Can would you be able to imagine a Chilcot equivalent in America? No. Why not?
1: I mean, if so, so the equivalent would be a bipartisan report mm. that would presumably take place over multiple administrations yes. because it would take quite a long yes. time. Um, that would be funded centrally. And would be aided by intellectuals, hmm. researchers, judges, and lawyers from all kind of party yeah. lines to come together to to outline the ways in which the Bush administration went to war in Iraq. Like what? Uh, yes, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious in an awful way. Yes. Like, absolutely not. Yeah and what what purpose would it serve yeah. really it would undermine the United States entire yeah. foreign agenda right now yes um it would you know it would require i mean it would just snowball yeah. it's the reason David Cameron won't give the marbles back to Greece yeah it would just you'd have to then give everything up yes you'd have nothing left
0: yes, yes. which is I'm mean, going back to the thick of it that was the point that the, the, you know Malcolm Tucker famously in the thick of it says, "You know, if you if you allow this to happen, the whole if you start unpicking at this thread, it'll all fall apart." Um, so, how does America do inquiries? I mean, we started with the the email investigation into Hillary Clinton's email. How has that been done practically?
1: Um, so well, there's lots of different organizations and government bodies that have yeah. looked into Hillary Clinton. Um, there's the the Congress. Um, committee on Benghazi for yes. example um, and I mean yeah there's Congress committees doing all kinds of inquiries about Planned Parenthood yeah. and about and I think that I mean really they're partisan yeah. power plays mm. um, they're designed to create to create stories in the media that will smear or undermine a candidate or a party yeah. during times of political transition and yes. um, the I mean the, the at the moment you know the the New Yorker has and others i think the Huffington Post as well have argued that Hillary Clinton has handed the republicans you know an amazing yes. amazing yeah. gift, yes. and they have not they either. have not managed to use it particularly well because yeah. the the Republican party's current ability to mobilise around a partisan inquiry, you know, is just non-existent right now. It's not to say Hillary Clinton will win, she might very well not, but um, the feeling of the inquiry is different.
0: So, in other words, the inquiry into Benghazi or the inquiry into Hillary Clinton's use of emails is a republican project in the way that Chilcot doesn't really have a party political partisan approach in that sense because you know for for one for one thing both labor and, and Tory at the time voted for the war
1: yeah they're all complicit so
0: there is no sense of trying to of being able to get one over your opposition
1: yeah and mm-hmm. and I mean it would be the same in the United States because you know most most, most yeah. of them voted to yeah. go to yeah. war yeah. Um, well most of them voted to give the president extra powers um that you would not normally have had and um it yeah i mean it i also too you know i'm super critical of the emails you know in a kind of in a basic sense what was she what was she doing really like what was the deal um so the i mean just it just seems sort of
0: Unintelligent in the way that Hillary Clinton normally doesn't seem unintelligent. You know whether whether I might agree with that, agree with her on everything or not is beside the point. It seemed amateurish as a, you know, you, you said sort of giving the Republicans a gift, and sort of the Clinton machine has always seemed more sophisticated than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I to you know, I admit I've. I haven't been that obsessed mm. with the emails mm. um because I'm quite I'm pretty cynical, mm. I think when it mm. comes to inquiries generally yeah um the purpose they serve is not the purpose they say no. they serve yes. um so I just haven't paid as much attention to the to the mm. email scandal i mean obviously yeah. you know she she broke the law, other people yeah. would be in prison yeah um
0: well, there's a there's another institutional uh, aspect here. I, I don't know how right this is, but I remember listening to Rachel Maddow on her podcast and she said that apparently the only way that Hillary Clinton and the State Department could be complicit with its own laws at the time about how to handle emails would be for Hillary Clinton to print off and delete every email she got and then save it in a folder in her office as a on a bit of paper.
1: Yeah.
0: Which just seems...
1: Yeah, absurd. So
0: absurd. Um, and it's sort of, you know... It's pretty obvious that had, had she not been running for president now, there probably would not be an investigation.
1: No. Yeah. And, you know, you... you the connection to Benghazi yeah. is not insignificant. Yes. Um, but it is, yeah, I mean, I I've, the inquiry is is definitely different yeah. in the American context. Yeah. Um, for one thing, it's a, the thing that's being inquired over yeah. is, is smaller yeah like in terms of what's
0: but you know you had the 9-11 commission yes. you had the torture commission you had you had know, the yes. commission into Kennedy assassination so Watergate so the, there have been yeah, yeah. and the,
1: the torture documents that came yeah. out were very very fascinating yeah actually when when they came out um I mean so much of it was redacted yeah but the the scale yeah in terms of just the volume of knowledge or mm. information that was that was being made public for once was
0: but that's that's interesting as well you know if you if you think of the way the Chilcot inquiry has been discussed in the media, one of the things that keeps coming up, you know something like two point seven million words of text, you know,
1: yeah, thirty
0: volumes or whatever, and of course no one ever no one really expects anyone to read through all of it, and those those statistics come then to. Symbolize a kind of thoroughness, you know. We are happy it happened, and we can we can think of the 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 amount of text it has produced, and be happy that therefore it must mean that they've done a good job. Now, who's going to read two point seven million words yeah. of text? Nobody. There was a whole um, whole thing in the main uh, subside story about whether or not families of Soldiers who were killed in the work would have to pay for the hard copy, and the hard copy costs like eight hundred something pounds. And the government said no,
1: you know. Yeah.
0: You you'll get it, and you know who is how many of the families are going to go through thirty volumes of text. Yeah. But that's sort of not the point. It's not meant to be read. You know, it's meant to be looked at. I think and. You feel better because it's there.
1: Yeah, that it's been done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And again, if you think about sort of, um, if you think about, I, I wasn't there at the time, obviously. But if you think about the the enormity of the Watergate investigation, a lot of this, a lot of the discourse talks about how many hours were spent working on it and how many witnesses were interviewed and how many you know how much money was being spent and again there there's a the the use of those figures in order to reassure people that we have spent enough time looking at this now we can move on and forget about it
1: it's really fascinating I mean I wonder if there will be a brexit inquiry mm-hmm. I wonder if there will be um, a government-funded inquiry You know, a commission put together to to examine the role of the press and the media and and politicians, and you know, because right now there's this language of the public was lied to, and that's the same discourse that surrounded Chilcot. Was you know, was the public lied to?
0: But that that's quite interesting as well because it's the it's that wonderful use of the passive voice, right? Yeah, things happened. Mistakes were made. Lies were told. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, in a different context, it, it's a very common common uh, phrase in British news. Jobs are lost. Yeah, um, and it's that going back to that individual institutional thing where everything happens in, in the passive voice, and therefore no one can be blamed and no one is culpable. Um, but we've mistakes were made and lessons were learnt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sort of. But the follow-up from that is we can now move on. You know, they don't go to the moving on can now happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in that moving on, there is a we, a subject that is created um, through this building of con- consensus that we can all agree and we can be a we that moves on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a sort of it's a it's an attempt to resolve a discursive conflict or a kind yes. of a. a Um, political conflict.
0: Without, without um, any attribution of guilt or blame or responsibility to any individual.
1: Or reform. Or reform,
0: yeah.
1: Well, that's cheery. That's cheery. (laughs) The state maintaining itself through inquiries and violence.
0: Yeah, um, Last few episodes have not been particularly cheery. Uh, Apologies for that. But, you know, the world isn't a particularly cheery place at the moment.
1: It's all right. Starting at the end of November, we'll do some on uh, Christmas ads. Yeah. And those will be cheery.
0: But what else is going to happen in November? (laughs) (laughs) Will President Trump allow Christmas ads?
1: Yeah. Well, who who knows? Will he outlaw Christmas?
0: Yeah. He'll
1: steal Christmas. He can't. He he'll be he'll have been voted for by people who believe there's a war on Christmas.
0: He could he could outlaw like Eid.
1: He could yeah yeah. I don't think he knows what Eid is. <laughs> I honestly do not. I can't imagine he knows. Yeah. What Eid is? He wouldn't know how to pronounce it if he saw it written. Mm. Um yeah.
0: Anyway. Um,
1: Future topics.
0: Yes. Thanks for listening. Let um, us
1: know what you think.
0: And, you know, tweet at us, comment on Facebook and iTunes and so on. Um, do go and listen to Stageblether, um, which is Sam Haddo's podcast. Um, it is very good and well worth listening to. And we will see you next week.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: I have been Hannah Fitzpatrick.
0: And I have been Anindya Richaudry.
1: You can contact me on Twitter at Dr. H. Fitz.
0: And me at Dr. India R.
1: Our music was provided by the Agrarians, and this has been State of the Theory. Thank you. Thank you.